Well, good morning, family. I invite you and encourage you to take your Bibles uh, and open to the Gospel of Matthew. We're in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 6 this morning. Returning to our study in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we've been spending this entire spring going through this very significant sermon from Jesus. It was addressed to His followers, to His disciples, and He's telling us and teaching us how we are to live as Jesus' followers, what we should be and what we should do as Christians. And we have discovered that what Jesus has to say to us here is really astonishing. It's no wonder that the crowds that day, as they listened, when He finished there in Matthew 7, 28, it says, when He finished, the crowds were astonished at His teaching. What Jesus has to say is at times shocking. It is often surprising It is sometimes difficult, but it is always important to us. You know, life is a series of decisions, a series of choices. Some of the decisions we make are really minor ones. They really have no significant impact on our life. But many decisions we make are life-altering and have lifelong impact. And in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, from here until the end, Jesus focuses our attention on our need to choose wisely in six areas of life, which we will look at in six messages today and over the next five weeks. Unless you've been living under a rock, you probably know that These days, we are living in very turbulent times financially. Housing prices we've seen in the last couple of years have just soared. Gasoline prices in the last six months have gone through the roof. Inflation is at its highest levels in over 40 years. We have supply shortages and labor shortages and looming tax hikes and the stock market, if you've noticed the last few weeks, has been doing this you know, big tanking thing. All of those things, I'm sure for you younger people, have been great concern as you've looked at, at, the, uh, at prices and you look at your income and you wonder how you're going to pay the bills and how you're going to pay back loans or how you're going to at some point buy a house. It's even a bigger concern for those among us who are seniors, older, retired folks living on fixed incomes. Your income is fixed, but all the the costs and the prices are not, and they're going up at exorbitant levels and rates. Many folks my age are wondering if their retirement dreams might be vanishing before their very eyes as they watch prices go up and investments shrink. There are no shortages of opinions, no shortage of ideas as to how and where you should be investing to try to navigate these times financially. Some of the folks out there promoting various strategies for stock market investments. Others insist that the answer now is various types of bonds or annuities. Those are the answers. Others say that cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, those are the real 
answers and the safe place to put your money. (laughs) Still others say real estate is your best investment right now. Some say the only good place to put your money is in precious metals like gold and silver. And most of us sit there and wonder and scratch our head and go, where can I really find solid advice? Whom can we trust as we look towards investing our resources? Well, today, Jesus is giving his followers a foolproof investment policy, investment strategy, guaranteed investment which will not fail. Sound interesting? Let's listen in as Jesus speaks. Follow along as I read Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Just three verses this morning with three simple statements and three very important principles for us. Verse 19, the first statement we need to notice. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Do not lay up treasures on earth. Jesus is not, by the way, here condemning or saying that wealth or possessions are wrong. They are evil. The Bible never condemns owning possessions or private property or having wealth. One excellent passage to demonstrate that would be 1 Timothy chapter 6. As the Apostle Paul is writing young pastor Timothy... And he's giving some instructions to tell people in the church. And here he says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. We see here in that passage that the rich are not condemned. Paul doesn't tell Timothy, tell those rich people, They are evil and wrong and they better sell all their stuff and get rid of everything they have and have no property. He doesn't say that. The rich aren't condemned, but they are, we notice, they are cautioned. They are cautioned because having wealth brings temptation. It brings temptation to be proud. It brings temptation to be self-centered. To focus, as he says here, on riches rather than on trusting God. So the Bible does have caution for those who have wealth, which, by the way, is all of us. We are wealthy people. But note that it also says that God has richly or abundantly provided us with things for us to, and what's that next word? Enjoy. Really? Is that okay for us to enjoy stuff? Yes. God hasn't provided just meagerly. It says He has provided abundantly. Every good gift, James writes, 
every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, coming from the Father of lights. God has given to us every good thing, every good blessing, everything that we, we have in our life. And He says He has given it to us so that we might enjoy it. That is biblical. In fact, it can and it should be part of our personal worship regularly, daily, even hourly. Every nice thing that we enjoy, we should be turning around back in praise and thanksgiving to God. Every time we take a bite of something, we go, oh, that's good. We should be going, oh, that's really good. God, thank you. This is delicious. What a great blessing. We should turn it into worship. Every time we get into our car and go down the road, whether our car is a brand new 2022 BMW convertible or it's a 1984 pile of junk with 400,000 miles on it. If it's running down the road, we should be going, God, thank you. I'm not walking. There are many in this world who don't have transportation, and I do. Has a good gift. And we turn it around into thanksgiving and praise to our God. I hope that you do that with everything. When you get dressed in the morning, Lord, I've got clothes. Thank you. I've got my choice. And I really like these shoes. Thank you for these shoes. They are a blessing. Do you do that? I bet none of us do it enough. Because we can't imagine just how many blessings we have. But the more we start doing that, the more we will realize that. The more we will honor and worship God. He wants us to enjoy these good gifts. So, Jesus doesn't forbid having possessions. But what He does say... Oh, there's another thing He doesn't say as I look at my notes. Jesus is also not saying here when He says, do not lay up, or some of your Bibles will read, some of your translations say, do not store up treasures on earth. Jesus isn't here condemning or forbidding savings. Savings accounts are okay. <laughs> Matter of fact, the Bible has a lot to say that is good about savings. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. In other words, the Scripture is saying that the wise person saves a little for the rainy day, like today. And the foolish person just never saves a dime. So that's what Jesus isn't saying, but what is He saying? There's a little play on words here in the original, in the Greek. It doesn't show up in our English translations, but it'll help us to understand a little of what Jesus is saying if we can just get a little closer to it. There's a word play. And the word there that we read for treasures... What we don't realize is when he says don't lay up or don't store up, it's using the same root word. And so literally what it says is don't treasure up treasures on earth. 
or don't treasure up earthly treasures. You see, the possession of things, the owning of things, the having things isn't the problem. Rather, the problem is can be the attitude with which we possess things. We value them too highly. We treasure them. You see, it's, it's not the having treasures, it's the treasuring the treasures that's the problem. We value them too highly so that our focus and so that our priority becomes having things and accumulating more things and keeping and holding on to the things that we, we have. See, the problem is when the things that the world treasures become the same things that we treasure. So that we treasure up earthly treasures. As Jesus followers, you and I are to be different from the world around us. We have seen that all through the Sermon on the Mount. We wonder what is Jesus' problems with earthly earthly treasures. He makes it clear again there in verse 19. Don't treasure up treasures on earth, earthly treasures, where, he says, moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. The problem with earthly treasures is that earthly treasures don't last. Moth and rust destroy. Critters and corrosion take their toll on our stuff. Moths destroy clothing. Critters eat our stored food. Those were two of the big commodities, two of the the means of wealth of the people in those days, clothing and food. He says they're subject to critters. For us, you know, termites eat our houses. Recently found some more in our house. Termites eat houses. Wood rots. Metal rusts. That beautiful new BMW convertible will one day be a pile of rusted junk. He says if that's not enough, thieves break it and steal. Once you have stuff of value, then comes the danger and the likelihood that somebody else wants what you have. And so somebody's going to try to break in and take what you've got. No problem. We'll get an alarm system and security cameras. That takes care of that. Of course, that's not the only way that people can take our stuff. (laughs) That might deter thieves, but it won't deter carjackers. And then there's those con artists who can take what we've got. And the cyber criminals who can steal our stuff. We don't even know it. The crooked businessman who gets us into a contract and takes our money and doesn't deliver on his stuff. There's lots of ways for people to take our stuff. If that's not enough, there are other things like taxes. Yeah. (laughs) Preach it. (laughs) Inflation takes our stuff. Banks, companies, even countries go bankrupt. Where do we put our stuff where it's safe? Well, Jesus says with earthly investments, they're a losing proposition. Don't treasure them up. The more you have, simply the more you have to lose. Even if you manage to get into the stuff that sticks around for hundreds of years, you don't. 
And so they're not really safe for you. Earthly goods perish. That reality is why he says don't lay up treasures on earth. It brings us to the second statement and the second principle. You know, the first time I heard the prosperity gospel, I was a college student back in the 70s, believe it or not. Yeah. Are people really that old? I was um, in a car, not my own, because I was a poor college student. It belonged to one of the other kids in the car. It was a car full of kids. We were driving through the, the roads of Oklahoma on our way back home to Texas. It was late at night, middle of the night, early morning. Everybody else was fast asleep. I'm driving because I'm the night person. And uh, as I'm driving there, I'm channel surfing. And a voice booms out over the radio. God wants you to be rich. And I'm a poor college student. I'm going, this is interesting. (laughs) And he went on, you know, so-and-so had the right idea in their mind. And so they were rich. (laughs) And he goes on and on and writes to me, Reverend... Box 1000, Boston, Massachusetts. I've never forgotten that whole spiel. He said a lot of things that were really quite interesting and entertaining. And he mixed with it a lot of things that are anti-Scripture, that are outright heresy and lies. It's not true. It's not the Gospel And it's designed to dupe people into making that pastor prosperous, but not the people who are listening. If you hear such stuff, run from such nonsense. But that pastor was actually right about one thing. God wants you to be rich. Just not the way that he and the way most people think. See principle number one. Don't store up treasures on earth. Instead, we look at what Jesus has to say in verse 20. But lay up treasures, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Do, Jesus said, do lay up treasures in heaven. The problem isn't treasures. It's our attitude towards earthly treasures. And it's what treasures we're talking about here. Do lay up treasures in heaven. Three things to note in this verse. Treasure up treasures in heaven. That, that ver- that's, that's a verb. It's a command. It is a present imperative. What that means is, it means it is something that we are to do diligently and it is something that we are to do continually. What he says is, and he uses that same phrase that we saw in the first verse, treasure up. Do pursue. Do value. Do desire. Do want. 
Do run after. Do chase after. Do it diligently. Do it continually. Do it daily. Chase after heavenly treasures. We are to be constantly, continually pursuing heavenly treasure. And another surprise, he says, lay up, treasure up for yourselves heavenly treasures. Forget about the earthly treasures because they're temporary. But Jesus does not condemn having the desire to be, to be personally prosperous where it counts. Heavenly treasures. In fact, He encourages it because He makes it a command. Treasure up. Value this. Pursue this. Desire this. Aim for what matters because heavenly treasures last forever. Heavenly treasures are totally secure. They never lose value. No one can take them away. And they last forever. These are the treasures really worth having. And Jesus wants us to have them. He wants us to be rich in them. Jesus wants us to be wise so we don't fritter away our opportunity and miss out on this foolproof and eternally valuable investment. Parents, we've noticed that children tend to be Stupid? Is that okay to say? Foolish. We'll say foolish. You notice that? A child would gladly trade an original Van Gogh for a little sheet of princess stickers. Right? A child would give away a diamond ring for an action figure out of a cereal box. Because that's what children do. Remember Jack and his mom's cow and a handful of beans? You know? (laughs) I know that story. (laughs) See, my point with that is that childish perspective doesn't understand value. Jesus is trying to help us here because we are childish in terms of eternity. How long have we been alive compared to eternity? About a second. (laughs) And our perspective of things is so skewed that what we think is valuable is not. And what we think is worthless is infinitely valuable. And Jesus is saying here, guys, don't go for the stuff that's worthless. All the things that the world chases, all the things they think are so awesome, are not. Houses, lands, mansions, yachts, cars, big bank accounts. We think that's awesome. And it is for a second. And then comes eternity. And Jesus says, but have I got an investment plan for you? Lay up treasures in heaven. And oh, for a second, 
Some folks might not think you have anything, but then comes eternity. Jesus says that how we live now, the choices we make today, what we do with our time, what we do with our energy, what we do with our talents, what we do with our resources, what we do with our wealth, it matters. And we can spend it now. We can invest it in treasuring up earthly treasures. Or we can invest in heavenly treasures. And there is an infinite difference between the two. The reality is God wants us to be rich, but He wants us to be rich where it really matters. To have eternal riches in heaven. Now again, the Sermon on the Mount is addressed to those who are already going to heaven. Those who are saved. It's not talking about how we get to heaven. But He's talking about when we get there. Verse 21, Jesus' third point. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says there is a direct correlation between what we treasure, where our treasure is, and where our heart is. Normally we think that our heart would guide what we treasure. Our heart would guide what we value. But Jesus turns it around and says what we value, what we treasure, actually guides our heart. That our heart follows our actions. He says if we treasure the stuff of earth, our heart is here in earth. But if we treasure up the, the treasures in heaven, our heart is there. Jesus is giving us a thermometer here by which we can judge our heart towards Him. And if our heart is on heavenly treasures, our heart is toward God. And if our heart is on earthly treasures, our heart is not on Him. And so Jesus has given us this thermometer and He's calling for us to examine ourselves, to look at ourselves, and to look at what we treasure, to look at what we value. What do you, what do we really value? If tomorrow you lost everything you own in a moment, the rain was just pouring down a second ago. What if it was a tornado? Just a few miles away, it just took out your house while you're sitting here in church. All your stuff is gone. Say, Pastor, that's not a problem. I got insurance. Took out the insurance company too. <laughs> what if we were Ukrainian? And in the last six weeks, everything we own is whatever we've carried in a little bag. If that was us, that was you, would you be distraught and saying, I am penniless, I am broke, I am destitute? Or 
Would you be, we've lost our stuff. But thank you, God. We still have Jesus. We still have your presence with us. We still have a home in heaven, a future there. See, it's the reality for hundreds of thousands of people today. Tens of thousands of those people are our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. This month, we're giving our Change for Change offerings, are going to Awana International, who's sending them to their partners in, because we have a partner in Awana, and they have partners in Ukraine, Ukrainian believers in Jesus Christ, many of whom who have lost everything. And you know what those believers are doing? They're rejoicing because they've lost everything. Because they still have Jesus. Because they still have His presence with them. They still have a future in heaven. And... They have an opportunity that they've never had before to share the gospel with more people than they have ever had before. And they are busy, busy at work, rejoicing, even though they've lost everything. Perspective makes all the difference. What you treasure makes all the difference. What is it you treasure What do you, what do I pursue with our time? What do we pursue with our energies? What do we pursue with our resources? What we treasure is an accurate barometer or thermometer, whichever you pick, as Jesus says here, of our heart toward Him. Now, Jesus has given in this, in these verses, He's given us a command. Don't lay up treasures on earth. Do lay up treasures in heaven. We say that's a great command. Pastor, I want to do that. I get what what Jesus is saying here. I want to do that. How do I lay up treasures in heaven? And that's a great question. So we come to the verses. He said, Pastor, we were going through three verses and we just read three verses. That's right. Where's the answer? It's not there. We look in the verses ahead and behind because we've been around before. You always look at context. You look, you discover the answer is not there. Do you find that frustrating? You see, we find that frustrating because we like formulas. At least I do. Give me a list of buttons to push. Give me a checklist. Lay up treasures in heaven. Do this, this, this. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Done. We like that, don't we? We miss the point then. You know, I mean, what we want is, you know, just, okay, give 50% of what you own to missions and you got treasure in heaven. Okay, I'll do that. Or, you know, give you an option, only 10% and you have to work in the nursery every Sunday. Okay, you know. Good, good, done. <laughs> it misses the point. Because laying up in treasures in heaven is not about amounts. And it's not about following rules. It is all about our heart and it's all about our priorities. So how do we do it? The answer isn't here. But I can find some answers in Scripture. I'll go to one. One answer in Scripture is simply this. It's to love God. Do that by obeying and serving Him. Love God. 
we demonstrate that, our love for God, by obeying Him and serving Him. You know, the first commandment, by the way, is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We love Him, we obey Him, we serve Him. We lay up treasures in heaven that way. Do we really do that? Yeah. Here you go. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says this, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. See, how you lay up treasures in heaven isn't just about giving money to the church or going, doing good deeds, going, being a missionary to Botswana. Laying up treasures in heaven is about doing whatever you do as for the Lord. This, this verse, it's easy to pull it out of context. Paul is talking to slaves. Slaves don't own their time. They don't own themselves. What can a slave do to lay up treasures in heaven if the only thing he can do that he's allowed to do is what the Master tells him. And Jesus says, you do what the Master tells you. And whatever your hands find to do, whatever you're given to do, you do it as if you're serving Me. And you, that last phrase, I love it, you are serving the Lord Christ. What that means, brothers and sisters, is you lay up treasures in heaven as you go to work tomorrow. And you go to work tomorrow on a mission. And the mission isn't to earn money so you can buy a new BMW. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) You go to work tomorrow to honor Jesus. You go to work tomorrow to serve Jesus. And you're going to serve Jesus by working hard. You're going to serve Jesus by honoring your boss. You're going to serve Jesus by showing the love of Christ to your co-workers. You're going to serve Jesus by being faithful Or mom, you're going to serve Jesus tomorrow by getting up and taking care of your kids and cleaning up puke and and washing dishes and whatever the day holds in store. But you do that to honor Jesus. And he says, it is the Lord Christ you serve. Students, you do that as you go to school. And you go to school tomorrow determined to be a student to honor Christ. And you honor Him in your attitudes. You honor Him in your work. You honor Him in your study. You honor Him in the way that you treat that loser and the way that you treat that person who is mean to you and the way you treat your teacher. We serve the Lord by telling other people about Jesus. In all those things, He says, we work for the Lord, not for men, and you will receive the inheritance as your reward. There you go. That's a biblical answer, how you store up treasure in heaven. I always like the answer. Jim Cain, one of our former pastors here at the chapel, used to answer that question. He'd say, if you want to store up treasures in heaven, invest in the things that are going there. He said there's only two things in this world that the Bible says will last forever. The Word of God and the souls of men. And so you invest your time in learning God's Word, in obeying God's Word, and in sharing God's Word. And you invest your time and your energies in people because everybody's going to live forever. They're either going to live forever in heaven or they're going to live forever in hell. And so I invest my, my time in people. I love people so I can point people to Jesus. 
so that they will go to heaven. It's good simple advice from from Pastor Jim. You know, with all the talk in this world about investing and saving, with all the talk about finances, I mean, there are scads of books and articles and websites and TV shows and infomercials, and it's everywhere, especially when you get to my age. Every mail, every day, it's like there's, you know, three bills and 25 things about investments and retirement and whatever else. With all the information out there about that stuff, I was shocked a few years ago to read a report from the U.S. Uh, what's it, the accountability office. All I could think was AOG. Uh, accountability office. They discovered in their research that almost half, 48% of adults, American adults, 55 and up, have saved exactly that much for retirement. Zero. They obviously hadn't been listening to the message. You know, you need to save for retirement. And here's some strategies and here's some ideas and here's some means and here's some tools. That is shocking and frightening. But I wonder if there was a report for how many Christians have listened to Jesus' investment advice. I wonder what the statistics would be. Because my great fear is that many Christians, many Followers of Jesus Christ have ignored His investment advice because we so easily fall in love with the stuff of the world. I mean, all of us are tempted that way. All of us do at times fall in love with the stuff of the world. And it's so easy to not think about eternity and heaven. It's so easy to just neglect to pay attention to eternal matters. And maybe you think, well, it's, I'm young. I have plenty of time to think about that. Well, none of us is guaranteed a day. Reality is, for all of us, this life is going to end. And I don't care how old you are, life is short. At 65, I can tell you, life is short. I've talked to a bunch of 90-year-olds who say life is short. Moses at 120 wrote Psalm 90 and he said, life is short. We only have that much time. And Jesus says, invest it where it matters. Don't store up treasures on earth. Don't treasure up treasures here, but treasure up treasures in heaven. How we need to take to heart the words of Jim Elliott, who I think has said it better than almost anyone. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let's pray. Father, these words are important words for us to hear. To be honest, these words are kind of convicting. But also these words have so much potential. Thank you for the fact that investing in heaven isn't... Laying up treasures there isn't just for rich folks. It's not just for pastors and missionaries. It's for any and every believer in Jesus Christ. 
It's for the six-year-old and the 60-year-old and the 90-year-old. All of us can lay up treasures in heaven. Thank you for teaching us this, for reminding us of the importance, for reminding us of the opportunities that we have and encouraging us to live today with eternity in mind. May we live for you. And in so doing, lay up treasures in heaven. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen.